You're listening to a special focus on breast cancer from Advances in Women's Health, sponsored by Lilly. Coming to you from the European Society for Medical Oncology's annual congress in Barcelona, Spain. This is ReachMD. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholz. I'm joined by Suzanne Alstedt-Karlsson from Solgrienska University Hospital in Gothenburg, Sweden. She is first author of a study called Experiences of Endocrine Treatment After Breast Cancer Surgery. And I'm so delighted to have you here and to talk to you about this study. Welcome to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, um, Suzanne, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how this study came up and what you were looking to find. So I uh, work at Sargiske University Hospital and I work with uh, women and men, for the matter, that have uh, breast cancer and uh, have uh, surgery due to breast cancer. And one of the first findings I found was that you don't talk that much about endocrine therapy and what it does to persons, uh, patients who have that treatment so and at the same time you changed the uh, treatment period from five year to ten year for some patients so I wanted to find out what it was like for patients to have this treatment and how can we help them so being able to follow them beyond where most studies go where they just um, look at the immediate outcomes or they look at overall survival or progression-free survival yeah. but don't actually evaluate the experience no it's um, you talk about adherence and compliance and persistence and it doesn't tell you about how the patient actually feels about the treatment and that's what I want to to find out. And how did you go about evaluating this? Were they through in-person interviews? Were they through surveys? This first study, uh, there was a group, uh, uh, focus groups interviews uh, with 25 women treated with tamoxifen in this specific study and we interviewed them for one hour and in seven groups. Just to get a, a quick sense of it, what kind of um, results did you did you get? What response or feedback did you did you get? And were there any surprises for you? Yes, it was. I have categorized them as create uh, the treatment creates discomfort. It promotes levels of management and it causes feeling of, of abandonment. It creates discomfort. They have side effects, obviously, from the treatment, but also they have preconceptions about the treatment even before they start the treatment. So when they come to the, cl- the clinic to see the doctor. He tells them that you are going to get this treatment after the breast cancer surgery and the patients have a knowledge about what the, what kind of treatment this is and what kind of effect it will have on their lives. So it's something that needs to be addressed. And also they feel protected by the treatment but the protection have backside because if you feel protected and then for some reason you don't have the treatment. Maybe due to the um, prescription has been late so you don't have a new, you have, don't cannot, uh, get your new medications. Uh, they feel that the breast cancer is uh, recurrent immediately. So there are fears that whether they're substantiated or not, yeah. these fears grow in the wake of access issues to medications, yeah. access issues to healthcare professionals. Yeah. And if there's anything off in the plan, yeah. 
yeah. patients can be can feel like they're left on their own, that they're yeah. abandoned. Yeah, but also uh, not only by us in the in the healthcare, but also from their relatives and the families, because they don't know, they don't understand this treatment and what the treatment does to a person, and they they're supposed to be the ally with the patients. So it's something that we need to work on. How can we make the relatives an ally? to the patient to be able to help and to understand what it's like to be maybe in your 40s and have this treatment and what it does to you. And one of your take-home messages I see was it's really about trying to tailor endocrine treatments to the individual patient's specific needs, which is a very much a touchstone of what we would consider personalized or precision yeah. medicine. Yeah. Um, is that the direction that, that this needs to go in order to optimize treatment outcomes for yeah. these people? Yeah, I think that we need to address every specific patient individually. And you cannot uh, inform every patient as the next one and the next one. Because some patients need a lots of information and requires it and get it from wherever and other patients they don't want information and you don't know what kind of information they want if they do want information so you have to ask the patients are there any patient advocacy support groups uh, both locally for you or even internationally that um, you've seen had an interaction with or would advocate for that might be able to assist with this type of approach? Or does it really come down to the healthcare professionals who need to institute this type of practice? I think so. Because we are the ones that are informing patients. We are the ones that uh, prescribe the, this treatment. So it has to come down to the healthcare workers. It's, it's our duty to inform the patients. And uh, absolutely um, together with the patient uh, uh, groups but it has it's we cannot think that they are the one to inform the patients it's our duty well I really want to thank you for your time it's been uh, great to learn more about this study and I hope that uh, your future research helps move in this direction of precision medicine yeah I hope so too thank you for access to this and other episodes visit reachmd.com where you can be part of the knowledge. I'm Dr. Matt Bernholtz. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to this special focus on breast cancer from Advances in Women's Health. To revisit any part of this discussion and to access other episodes in this series, visit reachmd.com slash advances in women's health, where you can join the conversation and be part of the knowledge. Thank you for listening.